We bring on Chase Kitty, who, of course, is the sports betting analyst and host of the Lion's Edge podcast. Joins us every week, and we always, we always have something random to ask you, and this is why I need to start with this. There is a chance, we were just talking about this, Chase, before, that the Jags and Titans, who essentially have nothing to play for this week because the last game of the season means everything to them, we're talking Thursday night football and the Titans, maybe they don't play all their starters or they rest some guys to preserve them for the last game of the season. You know, Jags and Texans, maybe it's a chance to bet on the Texans again because the Jags don't have everybody out there. Like, How do you see this scenario maybe playing out, but also how would you approach betting on any of those games with that potential happening? Well, I think I'd start actually with the actual AFC South divisional future odds, which I, uh, last I looked, I think it was earlier today at BetMGM, the Jags are like minus 225, something in that neighborhood. And then the, the uh, Titans are like plus 200, something in that neighborhood. So I wonder if the first thing you fire on right away is you just, you think about what do you think the odds are going to be for next week? And if you feel like you can get better value on the divisional odds straight up right away, that, I think that's the first place I go. And then once we start to see injury reports, uh, maybe more relevant for that that Jags game because we kind of already know uh, that Tennessee is going to have some some status availability questions. Uh, th- then maybe you start to think about the, the straight single game bets. But I would I would think about getting a position early, and that gives you options for next week. That's usually how I, how I like to attack these like short term situations. Is I think less in terms of the immediate straight bets and more in terms of how I can manipulate the market uh, to my benefit in the futures. Chase, what do you make of Broncos and Chiefs? Obviously, the big news that Hackett is fired. And my rule, man, in any sport, if I see if I see a manager, or a coach, whatever, if if they get canned, I'm going to back them that following game. So. I like Denver plus 13.5 in this spot. Obviously, I don't know if they can win the game, but I do think they can keep it within the number. What are your thoughts on this one? My first thought is something I think is kind of implied in the way some people talk about, but I don't think I've heard anybody say it explicitly like this. Is it possible that the Broncos are getting an upgrade at coach by firing Nathaniel Hackett? I mean, that yeah. he was it really sure seems bad. Like it, does. It, it may seem yeah. like that very quickly. They were atrocious, Chase. Yeah, just situationally. I mean, I, I you hear people on podcasts, and like I have a podcast, you guys have a radio show. We say stuff like this. It really feels true in Denver's case. If you took a reasonably intelligent 15-year-old that had played 10,000 hours of Madden, don't you think he's better situationally on the sideline than Nathaniel Hackett? And I, I'm not saying the guy's a bad – Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying the guy's a bad coach. I think as you know, as a coordinator, like maybe he's really good. Uh, I think we have evidence that he's he's pretty decent. But some guys, they just take that head coaching chair, and it does not work. I don't know if it's a skill set, if it's a managerial thing, if it's too much stuff to hold in your head at one time, and you, you can't focus on just the one part. You have to see the whole picture. But just on Hackett departing alone, I want to bet the Broncos plus the points, regardless of the bounce that you often see teams get that PJ is referencing. You know, we we talk so much about Kansas City not covering big numbers and not not covering in general at all this year. Like, they're winning, but they are closer games than what we'd expect it to be. Is that something that's alarming to you at all when we look at maybe the playoff picture where that could come and bite them in the ass because they end up getting in a close game and it, it, you know, it, it... 
something happens late. Like, I, I don't know. You, you expect a team like that, as talented as they are. I understand some of these are just monster spreads, and they're maybe just too big for an NFL game. But it, it, it feels a little concerning to me. I know they're winning, but these games are maybe closer than what they should be against a lot of these teams. I think that's that's one of the criticisms of Mahomes and the Chiefs is they're so talented offensively that they're kind of hyper-casual. But if anything, it's the Buffalo side of it that would bother me because Buffalo is, is the team that has the really odd record in one-score games where they you know they crush people in blowouts, but then when it's tight, they lose a lot more than they win, and you would expect maybe a regression to kick in at some point, but it doesn't really seem to. Kansas City's problem is just, you know, they, they don't win by big spreads, and maybe they don't care. You know, maybe, I, I have no idea, I'm not inside the, the culture of the team, but, like, maybe they just have a culture of, hey, just win. Maybe it's Barry Al Davis over there. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, it's I don't disagree with what you're saying. It's, it's hard to lay double digits with them because the, the ROI hasn't been there particularly this year. But I don't know that I would necessarily you know, translate that into, into a, a playoff take because, mm-hmm. I mean, what are the four straight AFC titles now? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it, appearances in the title game, I mean. So I, I, think, uh, I think the playoff resume speaks for itself there. I wouldn't necessarily worry about that. Chase, what are you doing in these two games where we're not really sure who's going to start a quarterback? We have a pretty good idea maybe in Eagles-Saints. This line opened at 3.5, got all the way up to 6.5. Now it's at 7. I think most of us would probably think Minshew's going to be under center. And then Ravens-Steelers, that's now down to three. And I think most people are probably leaning that Huntley's going to play, even though Harbaugh is saying that if Lamar's healthy, he's going to be out there. I'm thinking it's going to be Huntley this week. Are you doing anything in either of these games? Like, are you taking Baltimore because this line's telling you that Huntley is playing and you could get him at a low spot? Are you taking the Saints because you're getting a key number at seven? Any wagers for you? So... Ravens Steelers, I really don't want to side at all. Uh, I, I there's too many variables for me to handicap there. I might think about getting involved in the under. I'd like to see more uh, in terms of personnel later in the week. Saints Eagles, I'm assuming it's going to be Minshew because that's what the number says. If Jalen Hurts is playing in this game, then it's north of seven against a six and nine team like the Saints. So I would assume this number is higher. If, if Jalen Hurts is playing or if the sports book is assuming Hurts is playing. So to me, it, it's it's priced as though Gardner Minshew is going to be the guy to go, go ahead here. And I think strategically, that's the decision that makes the most sense too. The Eagles need to win one game. You don't throw Hurts out in this situation with two games to go when all you need to do is win one game, you win the division, you're the number one seed. So that's the situation. I would think that we're going to see Minshew and I think on pure just talent discrepancy, coaching discrepancy between the two teams, even with Minshew at quarterback, I would think about getting involved with the Eagles at seven. I haven't pulled the trigger on that yet, but I have been thinking about it all day. Um, if you believe in getting the better part of the number, frankly, you should have gotten involved earlier today when it was a six and a half like you laid out. Now that it's at seven, I think this is last train leaving the station because once you're north of seven, I just think you've lost too much value at that point. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I still wouldn't buy back in on the Saints because I, that's just not a team that I want in a spot like this. Even if you're getting seven in the hook, but uh, it's it's Eagles now or forget about getting involved for me. Talking to Chase Kitty, bet MGM tonight. Uh, the Dolphins will maybe be without two of this weekend. I think that's what we can assume when you talk about concussions, especially more than one in a season. You would expect them to be cautious. Maybe he's out for the rest of the year. We we don't know the situation obviously with that right now. Dolphins are still 
minus 220 to make the playoffs as of right now. Where do you, if anything, approach this team, their games, the rest of the way, with the assumption that we don't have Tua at least this weekend? Uh, great question, Nick. And I, I think you have to look at the full AFC playoff picture. For me, I'm really reticent to get involved with the Dolphins right now because I thought last week was the buy point. I, I you, you watched them go out west. They have the two weeks out west where they don't even come back to, to Florida and they play San Francisco and they get throttled. They play the Chargers, they lose. They go to Buffalo, they lose. They do cover. It's more competitive than, than a lot of people thought it was going to be, but they still ultimately lose. They come home, I'm thinking this is the time. You can buy low on Miami. You can sell high on Green Bay. Green Bay went 1-7 in October and November, but then they beat a couple of bad teams. All of a sudden, everybody's freaking out on them. Miami was a position for me last week, and Miami loses outright. So for me, I feel like my ability to commodify the Dolphins, like maybe I'm missing a couple of things, and now you add in Tua's health, like it's just not a situation I feel comfortable getting involved in. Uh, so I, it's definitely going to be a pass for me on the straight bet on, on, the, on the Pats game. I think you're looking at the futures market and, and the playoffs make or miss numbers is much more interesting to me. I don't want to speak out of ignorance, and I, I don't have the whole like AFC playoff pictures and all the prices pulled up in front of me. But that I do think feels like a like a good angle. I'm on the show again tomorrow night at this in the same time hole, so maybe I'll look that up and then uh, we can revisit it tomorrow. Oh, there you go. It's good to know, Chase. I want to switch to college football with you because uh, Grayson McCall is out right now for for Coastal, and their 14-10 lead has now become a 24 to 14 deficit. Real quick. Defense is not holding up, but we got a great slate of bowls this week. Anything in this nightcap tonight, Oak State and Wisconsin, the line's now gone up to four and a half. Both quarterbacks are in the transfer portal. Graham Mertz for the Badgers, Spencer Sander for the uh, for the Cowboys. Both of these teams, Chase, I feel like have been pretty good recently to back in bowl games. Gundy feels like he always has his teams ready, and Wisconsin is just very well coached. They play good defense and run the football. Anything for you in uh, in this game tonight? Let me start just by circling back to your coastal stuff, PJ. Excellent positioning by you on the seven and the ten and a half. That, that's such a beautiful middle window. So I hope that Thank works you. out for you. Thank you, sir. Um, if if McCall's out of the game though on the coastal oh, I'm stuff, done. I, yeah, I'm I think done, you're done. done. Um, that's they, done. They're not. They're barely good with him. I mean, they got run out of Harrisonburg and the Sunbelt title game against uh, against Troy. So yes. I think you, you might be dead on the one side of that. The game tonight, it, it, there's actually a third quarterback missing, too. Wisconsin's backup is also in the portal. So there's three quarterbacks that aren't available for that game. I think I'm getting involved in the under. I haven't bet it yet, but I think I'm, I'm, I've done enough research. There's 32 guys not, not available for this game between both teams. So, and a lot of them are on offense. A lot of them are skill guys for Oklahoma State. You are correct about Gundy having a great ATS bowl record. Oklahoma State is arguably the best ATS bowl team over the last 15 years. Uh, they have a really, really good record. So, the fact that you can get points with Oklahoma State makes that the side I would want if I'm taking a side. But I think the best play here is actually just to expect a really ugly game where a lot of the offensive skill pieces are, are totally you know, unaccounted for and gone, and it's just kind of a rock fight. So I would look at the under there. Last I saw, I think the number was 44-and-a-half. A yep. uh, couple other games, Duke-UCF. Uh, Duke has basically its entire roster available for this game. This is tomorrow during the day. 
UCF is starting third-string freshman quarterback Thomas Castellanos. Uh, the offensive coordinator's gone. He took another job. I, I think it was something – it was a chain reaction that involved Luke Fickle somewhere. I can't remember. Uh, but UCF is, is missing a lot of guys, including their top two quarterbacks. So I would get involved there with Duke minus the three and a half. And then one of the only games I bet early is tomorrow. Kansas-Arkansas, I'm on over 69. A lot of offense, I think, in that game. <laughs> can't wait for that game. Yeah, right. it should be fun. Got about a minute with you left, Chase. Uh, PJ's been trying to convince me of this. Horvat's been trying to convince me of it as well. Ohio State over Georgia. Is it worth the bet? Is it worth the play? Not in my opinion. And actually, I think the best way to, to do the playoff games, to keep it really simple because I know you're short on time, you can go find these exact outcome uh, bets on, on BetMGM, which I'm not a huge fan of, to be honest with you. I like I like to keep it simple. Give me a future. Or give me a straight bet on a game. But you can get Georgia to beat Michigan in the national championship game. Obviously, meaning that Michigan and Georgia advance, and it's very chalky. Georgia to beat Michigan plus 125. I think those are the semifinal outcomes we're going to get, and then that gives you the ability to hedge off maybe with a Michigan money line play. You have both sides of the title game at plus odds. Like That's uh, that's how I would handle it. I might actually do that. I kind of like Everybody's that. Everybody's liking Georgia I'm and saying, Michigan. I'm is, just saying. Now, let's just keep I this get, in mind. I get where you're coming from. I get where let's, you're coming from, Pete. Let's keep this in mind, Chase. This is the same guy that doubled down on the Jets on Thursday night football at halftime last week and also doubled down on the Colts last night, oh. too. So, you know, I just, just want to point out, uh, he, PJ's yeah. losing He's losing it with me a little bit with his NFL bets recently. He's gotten real, gotten a little risky. but We're going to make all our money back <laughs> with Ohio State. Hey, when it comes to bowl games, though, that's I lean to you on that. I just blind tail you <laughs> if I have to. He's Chase Kitty, host of the Lion's Edge podcast. Make sure you subscribe, download, give him a follow. Great stuff, man. Always good talking to you. Thanks, Chase. Thanks, yeah, I kind of like that idea. Georgia over Michigan and take Michigan... Michigan or uh, Michigan spread, or what do you say, money line or spread? I don't even remember what he said now. Uh, he said, "Yeah, he said. to take them together." Yeah, there's yeah. like an option where you can have them in the, in the championship game. Nick, it just—I mean, look—we had Carolina and Duke in college basketball. Don't you just think we're going to get Ohio State, and Michigan? I mean, I mean it's it would just be the way great. It's going to be. I would love to see it. I would rather see those two be. in. Like, I would much rather have that. I think cannot that would be wait. a great championship. I cannot game. wait for Ohio State to beat Georgia. Like, I am so confident in it. It's like scaring me. Because I, I know how good Georgia is, but Ohio State's going to win that game. They are. Well, the, the one narrative has been, ooh, that's a bad draw for Georgia. It might have been better to not have Ohio State as their first game. So, yep. yeah, I get it. I, I do. But, man, it just makes me makes me nervous, man. I'm not going to lie to you, but maybe. Maybe I'll tell you. I got a couple days still. I still haven't made my final decision. Or I'll just hedge on everything. Just be a coward and just hedge and bet everything.